0: Amen. Wasn't that a blessing? Thank you, Rob. I want to preach this morning on this subject. I just don't understand it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word today. I ask you once again that you would fill me with your spirit as I proclaim the truth of your word. I ask, Lord, that our attention would be given on purpose and with purpose this morning in Jesus name i pray amen in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light and god called the light day and, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. The story of creation is recorded here in the book of Genesis, in these first few chapters. And it is the very foundation of life and existence for mankind on the earth i want to say very plainly and emphatically, I believe the story of creation as recorded in the Word of God just as it is written. I believe there were seven literal days of evening and morning, 24-hour days that God created the heaven and earth and everything that is in it. Imagine, if you will, it's day one. The earth is without form and void and darkness covers the world. God created light. God is light. God made light. He divided the light from the darkness and the process and the beginning of life started on earth. On day two, God created the firmament or he made what we refer to as the atmosphere and the heavens. Imagine as God began to separate the heavens and the earth, he made the skies where in just a couple of days he would place the sun to shine and it has been there shining without your assistance or mine or anyone else's since that day, that second day of creation or the fourth day that he put the sun there but he separated the heavens from the earth. He made the skies where the sun would shine, where the clouds would gather, and later the rain would be carried around the world in those clouds. Now God did all of this with his crowning creation in mind. Man is God's crowning creation made after the image of God. Are you with me this morning? On day number three, the dry grounds and plants God began to work on in that day of creation. He began to cover the ground with the colors of the grasses of the fields and the flowers as they began to bloom. God made the lilies, the roses, the daffodils, the petunias. The various grasses of the fields began to grow as God was preparing the earth for his crowning creation, God would make man in his own image. On day number four, God spoke and the sun began to shine. Woo, what a great God. My goodness. I mean, God spoke and the sun began to shine. God spoke and he put the moon and the stars and the galaxies. Men are still counting Men are still discovering what God did in just a very short period of time. And he put the sun and the moon and the stars and he put all of that there because he would soon make man. Man that he would fellowship with. Man that he would give not only a body but a soul and would give a spirit that he could fellowship with and man that he would intend to to be with for all eternity. The moon would reflect the sun at night. The stars would twinkle in the darkness of the night as God prepared all of that for you and for me. What a wonderful thing. Day five. I can't even fathom all that God did in just a short amount of time. God spoke in the... Birds began to fly. God spoke and he carved out the creeks and the rivers, the oceans, the lands, and he began to provide food for his crowning creation that he would make on day six. God spoke and the fish began to swim in the waters. The fish as small as a snail darter. The fish as great as the whales and the sharks and those that are bigger than boats that men would ride in. He spoke and the birds of the air began to fly. He made the cardinals with their bright red colors, the beautiful and pesky bluebird, the robins that would bring their bright and happy songs to the morning sunrise for you and I to listen to and to enjoy. I've never heard a bird sing a sad song They always chirp a happy sound. God didn't make the birds just to exist. He made them for you. And he made them for me to enjoy. The fowls of the air, whose majestic size and nature would bring an awe to the heart of man as he would see the falcon fly and the eagles fly and all of the birds The many different varieties and men are still amazed today, still taking their picture, not to be touched up or painted with any colors of man, but just in the beauty of nature that God made them. On the sixth day, God began by making animals that would live on the land. He would not only bring life to the open fields of grass that he had made just two days before, but he would bring life that would cover the fields of grass and also inhabit the tree-filled jungles. God spoke and he brought the cow and calf into existence. The beautiful horses, the donkeys, the zebras, the giraffes, the monkey. I don't know why, but they seem to be a mischievous creature. Dogs and cats, I think. I think God made cats. God made all of those. And isn't it amazing? There's no way to describe just the wonderful feeling you have just to have the friend of a pet, whether it's a bird or a dog. (laughs) cats when it was all complete god would then take dust from the earth and it would form of that dust a man the body of a man and god would then breathe into the nostrils of that man breath and life and man would become a living soul God said sometime during that day it is not good that man should be alone. I will make an help me for him. He put Adam to sleep, he took a rib, and he made woman to complete the man. They would not be alone, they would live together. They would share life together. And then God said to man, this world that I've made, oh, you'll be discovering it for." centuries on end you'll never come to the end of what I've made but I made it for you I want you to enjoy it from the atmosphere the galaxies to the plants to the animals to the fish to the flowers everything God said I want you to have dominion over the world God made the sun and the stars for them to enjoy. He made a food supply for them to enjoy and to satisfy them. He made the beautiful flowers, trees, and animals for man to enjoy. He placed minerals in the ground, the gold, the silver, coal, diamonds, for man to enjoy and be amazed at God's love for man. Every blade of grass said to man, I love you. Every bloom of a flower said to man, You're my crowning creation. I made you different than anything else. I made you like me in my image, body, soul, and spirit. It is with you that I will enjoy company and fellowship. The earth was watered from beneath in those days, and there were vegetables and fruits for man to enjoy. The temperature was perfect. The nights knew no pain, loneliness, sorrow, or tears. There were no thorns. There were no obstacles of fruit bearing. There was no hurt. There was no pain. God had given man very simple instruction. He said, I made this specific garden for you to enjoy Adam and Eve, and I want you to have dominion over the earth. I want you to have dominion over the, uh, the fish, over the animals, over all of it, and I want you to enjoy everything that's here. I want you to eat of the fruit. I want you to eat of all of it. Uh, as much as you want, there is no limit now there is one tree in the midst of the garden. I don't want you to eat of that tree. It is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, if you eat of that tree, according to Genesis chapter two, he said, if thou shalt eat of it, uh, for in the day thou shalt uh, eat, thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He said, don't don't bother that tree. Don't touch that tree. The seventh day was a Sabbath day of rest. God saw that all he had created was good. I don't know how much time went by after day seven until we get to chapter three. I don't know. I don't know how long it was because time was not counting in death sentence and the curse of sin had not been given. Then... As the Bible records in Genesis chapter 3, Satan entered the Garden of Eden as a serpent. Now, it was not like as we would know one today, but it was a beautiful creature. And the Bible says it was more subtle or more wise, the word is, than any beast of the field. The Bible says that the serpent said... And what he said was to question what God hath said. The serpent said, hath God said. Now, now let's think here just for a moment. Stay with me. God has made everything for man. For six days, God is created. For six days, God has created all and everything and more than what man could enjoy. The sun, the water, fish and fowl, flower and fruit, garden and fellowship, man and woman. Satan, this serpent, has done nothing for man. Did you hear what I just said? Satan has done nothing for man. Satan simply entered the garden that God had prepared that God had spoken, that with man in mind, God had made that. He had made it from the mighty oak tree to the smallest persimmon tree. God had made it of every every flower, of every fruit, and with every one, variations of colors. Isn't it amazing how many times you've looked at a particular flower, and yet every year that it blooms, you're amazed at the beauty of that flower, and you look at it again and again, and you just say, Wow, that is just, that is just wonderful. Uh, folks, in a contest of taking photographs or painting a picture, and then Satan enters the garden as a serpent. He's more subtle than any a beast of the field, and the first thing he says was, Hath God said now uh, remember that Satan has done nothing for man and according to the Bible the only thing we know about Satan at this point is that he is wise and that he is beautiful that's all we know he's made nothing he's prepared nothing for man he has sustained nothing Nothing depends on him. He's just wise and he is beautiful. That's all. He never caused a flower to bloom. He never caused a a tree to bear fruit. He never caused a diamond to sparkle. He never brought cool water to drink. He never made a sun to shine. He never gave a breath of life. Nothing has he ever done. And I'll be honest with you. I just don't understand it. I don't understand when one who had done nothing said to Eve, Hath God said? You don't have to do what God says. I don't understand it. Why would Eve even listen to someone like that? Why would Eve not say, You didn't make the sun or the moon or the stars or the trees or the flowers or you don't fellowship with us? You, You don't give us any pleasure or enjoyment. You never made a piece of fruit for us to eat. You never made the sun to shine. You haven't done anything. Who are you to question God? I don't understand it. I don't understand why Adam and Eve would allow him to bring doubt to what God had said. What proof? What right? What ability did Satan ever have? Why give a hearing to Satan? I don't understand it. Why would man consider following any idea, any theory, any ideology, any instruction, any advice of this serpent? Why? And yet man did allow Satan to deceive and Adam by choice disobeyed God and sin entered into the world and death by sin. Now life is different. The world, the earth, has been cursed. Where there were just beautiful grasses in the fields, there are now weeds and thorns. They're useless. Where there was no toiling in life, there is now labor in bringing life. Where there was no sadness, no sorrow, no tears in the nighttime. now there is sorrow. Now there are nights of tears. Now there are nights of sorrow. Why? Because they listened to someone who had done absolutely nothing for them. And he brought doubt to the word of one who had given to them everything. Adam... I don't understand. You are not thinking, Adam. Eve, why would you do what Satan said to do? Look at all of the fruit you can enjoy. Look at all the things you can enjoy. Would it not be easy just to say, I'll be satisfied with all of that I'd never have desire to eat of that tree because God said not to and God gave us everything else. Why, it would just make sense to obey God. Sin came by the choice of man. Are you with me this morning? Sin brought a curse. Sin brought death. For the wages of sin is death wherefore as by one man Adam sin entered the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned but wait a minute God didn't write us off God didn't say they listened to the one that had done nothing for them he never gave them a breath to breathe he never caused their lungs to uh, uh, to bring in the fresh air He never caused their heart to beat. He never caused their mind to think. He's done absolutely nothing but rebel against me and caused my crowning creation to believe him and not believe me. But God said, wait, I love them. I still want them for me. And so God redeemed man. He not only made us, he bought us back. In our day and time, God gives not only salvation to us freely, God has preserved his very word for us today. So I have a God in heaven, the same God that made the sun to rise and the mornings of creation that Adam and Eve enjoyed is the same God to make the same sun rise this morning and I enjoy life because of that same God. I have a book, I have a Bible, I have a Bible that tells me what is right and what is wrong. A book that warns me about sin and Satan and selfishness. But I have a question. Why do men today do the same thing? Show me one person that listened to Satan whose life was better for it. How many experiments, how many examples do we have to have of men saying, I'm going to do like Adam, but I'm going to prove God wrong this time and I'm going to have a wonderful life while I follow Satan and do what I want to do and do what he tells me to do. How many have made it to heaven by doing that? How many have been redeemed by that? How many are living a life where they allow the devil who still has done nothing for you and me? I depend on Satan for absolutely nothing. And I wonder why or how could it happen again? I just don't understand it. Do we give no thought to the things of God? Do we give no thought to the truth that's in the word of God? By the way, is that why Satan has worked through the centuries to destroy the Bible? Maybe he doesn't want me to know who it is that makes his heart tick. Maybe it is he doesn't want me to know who it is that makes the flowers to bloom and makes the uh, vegetables to grow and uh, gives the fruit and gives life. Uh, Maybe he doesn't want me to know, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning it was God that created the heaven and earth. In the beginning it was God that gave life. In the beginning it was God that gave all of the blessings for man, his crowning creation to enjoy. Maybe that's why he tried to destroy the Bible. By the way, when he couldn't destroy it, he changed it, put the same Bible cover on it, though it doesn't say the same thing on the inside. Maybe he's still a liar and he's still a deceiver and he wants me to think he's the one that gives life and he's the one that gives joy. I'm here to tell you today, this Bible says that the devil is a liar. He's a father of lies. He's a deceiver. He's headed to the lake of fire for all eternity. Why in the world, now Eve being the first woman and somehow another I think in my mind she has no examples to follow. All she has heard is what God has said and what Satan has said. But in my generation in this century a multiplied millions and billions of people have come this way and yet those who follow the paths of the devil end up in destruction rather than in life. Is this why Satan works to keep man away from preaching of the Word of God? Because the purpose of preaching is to uplift Christ. The purpose of preaching is to say, He's the one that gave life. He's the one that gave eternal life. He's the one that gave forgiveness. He's the one that gave His Son that I can have eternal life. He's the one that not only created me, He's the one that redeemed me. That's why He is saying it's all right to protest, but you don't want to go to church, you might get sick. Isn't it interesting to see? I mean, Dr. Fauci is willing to give even dating advice. But when asked if it's safe to go to protest, he was careful not to condemn the behavior. Why is it that Satan would not want us to hear it was God that created the heaven and earth? Why is it that Satan would not want us to hear the preaching? Because he's a liar, that's why. Is that why Satan works to keep men so busy at their works of vanity so that man will not think? He will not stop and consider of what he owes to God, the God that gave me the life that I have and not only gave me this life but gave me eternal life. When you hear the news that this preacher dies, you tell him it's not true. He didn't die, he departed. He just changed the dress. He just dropped that body of flesh and he's gonna get a body of heavenly glory. I have eternal life, not because of anything Satan has ever done, I have that because of what Christ has done for me. Does the devil want to keep me so busy that I'll not open this Bible and read of the, uh, of the conflict of good and evil? Does, not, uh, does the devil want me to uh, not read the Bible uh, so I can't read how that every generation that, that rejected God, that generation was destroyed and ruined? Is that why the devil doesn't want me to read the Bible? Does he not want me to read? I I hear folks say, I said this recently. They they said, well, you better be careful about that. That's like David facing Goliath. And I say, do you not remember who won? David was a winner. My Bible reading this morning included Gideon. Gideon is hidden. He is in fear because of the Midianites. And he hears a voice saying to him, Thou mighty man of valor. Dad, I thought just me and you out here. And Gideon takes 300 men. He takes several thousand and then 10,000. God said, oh, that's too many. And then he gives them a trumpet and a pitcher to fight the host of Midianites. Now, those are the last two things I would want. I would want to say to all my soldiers, don't make any noise. You did sure don't need a trumpet and you don't need a light. You need a rifle and a belt full of hand grenades. That's what I would have given them. And when we'd have finished, we'd have said, boy, we showed them, didn't we? But God said, I'll give you a trumpet and a lantern. When you get the signal, I want you to break the lantern so that it shines. I want you to blow the trumpet so that everybody hears it and God is gonna drive the Midianites out of the land. You see, I read that this morning. It reminded me, it is not by might, it is not by strength, it's not by numbers. It's by the strength of the Lord. I don't come here this morning owing Satan anything. He done nothing for me but bring deception. He done nothing for me but to tell me lies. It is God that's given me the truth. It's God that's given me the victory. His name be praised. May his name be praised. Be praised. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a great person. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a little bitty of a good person. I am a sinner that deserves a devil's hell. He doesn't love me because of who I am. He loves me because of who he is. He wants me to have fellowship with him throughout all eternity. God gave his only begotten son to die on the cross and pay for my sin that I could have eternal life. And I'll be honest with you this morning. I just don't understand Why, anybody would believe the devil. I don't understand it. Could it be that we don't hear enough preaching about Christ? Could it be that we don't read enough in his word about God? May I say this morning, God knows what's best for me. God knows, dear friend. Oh, listen to me. He knows how to care for me. He knows how to comfort me. He knows how to strengthen me. Thank God this morning I have a heavenly father like him. By the way, there's some... Fathers and mothers, they know just how God feels. For they've prepared for a child to come. Prepare their rooms. We as parents, we get so excited. I I, I remember that summer of 1989 when we were expecting Joel. I didn't know what we were expecting. I just knew we were expecting a baby boy. I didn't know what he was going to be. I know he was gonna be mean. I I didn't know that. We 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 were ready. I'd bought a Zebco 33 rod and reel baseball bat, thirty-two ounces, twenty nine inches long, bigger than he was. Excited. We prepared the room. We gave up our night, so he could cry all night and make all three of us miserable. We put 50,000 miles on our car the first year he was alive. He only slept while we were driving. As soon as we stopped and things got quiet and dark, he woke up and cried. He got head colic for the first 26 years of his life. We give our children food to eat. We sacrifice to give them the best education. We love them. We teach them. We pick them up when they fall. We take them to the doctor when they're sick. We sit by their side at night when they're with a fevered brow or an upset stomach. Then someone comes along that's cute. Somebody that can reason with them on their level. And somehow or another, some just walk away from their parents as if they owe nothing to mom and dad. Now sit up straight and let me preach to you a minute. God help this disrespectful generation that think we have the right just to walk away from mom and dad that's given us everything. By the way, that's not the purpose of my sermon this morning the purpose of my sermon is to say, hey folks, it's God that gave us everything we have. I don't know about you, I don't have any interest in listening to what the devil has to say. He never has told the truth. And when he told the truth, he quoted the Bible in a crooked way to give an error to give a lie. When I think about the church, and I've got to finish, I've looked, my time's just about gone here. I've been saving 10 minutes every Sunday that's been hot to just preach on whatever day it cooled down on. Today's the day. I think of the price Christ paid for the the church. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that he gave himself for the church. He died for the church. He went to Calvary to pay for our sins. He went to Calvary for the purpose of our salvation and for the founding of a church where I could hear the gospel, and the gospel could be sent out of, where I could be edified and taught about him, about Christ. And I want to tell you something. I think it's a dirty, rotten shame to turn that church, a place that is supposed to magnify God and magnify the person of Christ and turn it into an entertainment center that talks more about man and the lives of the devil than it does the God that's given us everything we have. Take your Bibles, go to Romans 12, and I'll finish with this. Romans chapter 12. Could this be what Paul was thinking when he wrote these words? Was he thinking about Eve? Why would you do that? Adam, why would you listen to him? He didn't didn't create anything for us. He didn't give us anything. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. are three points to the message, I'm just going to tell you what they are. I don't have time to preach them. Number one, think of him and think of him a lot. Think of him, and think of him a lot. Think of what he did on those six days of creation. Second of all, think of Satan only as a liar and a deceiver. He never gave me anything to enjoy. never. The only thing he's ever done is brought division and destruction, pain and sorrow. That's all he ever brought. Think of Christ and think of him a lot. Think of Satan and think of him as a liar and a deceiver. And I say, last of all, let's make daily wise decisions to follow, the, to follow Christ. Make daily the wise decision to follow Christ. Stand with me, if you will. And I want you to sing this chorus with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I want you to sing it with me. I have decided To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Everything I have, God gave it to me. The only thing Satan has ever tried to do is take what God gave to me.